Ever wondered who and what is shaping Luxembourg? This is your Lux Unplugged podcast with your hosts, Adrian and Thierry. Hi, I'm Adrian. Welcome back to another episode of the Lux Unplugged podcast. In this iteration, I have the great pleasure of welcoming Yuriko Bakas, Minister of Finance in Luxembourg. This episode was recorded earlier this year in January, as it took us a while to release this piece. However, the takeaways are still very much relevant today. Minister Bacchus joined the Luxembourg government in January 2022, after predecessor Pierre Garmenia had resigned from his role to embark on new adventures. We discussed the challenges that she's dealt with since becoming Minister of Finance, especially in the context of high inflation and the war in Ukraine that has exacerbated quite a few things in the past few months. I also inquire about the numerous roles that she's endorsed in the past, this in a very male-dominated environment. Our listeners will certainly not be disappointed by her response. Finally, as most people in Luxembourg know, this year is election year. I couldn't resist the idea of asking Minister Buckers how she sees the incumbent government going into the campaign and what her personal stance is in that respect. But now, without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Yuriko Buckers. Minister of Finance in Luxembourg. Minister Buckers, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's great to have you on. So before we dive into, I mean, your history and all the roles that you've had so far in your career and, and actually now as a minister, it's a very tr- established tradition here on the Luxembourg podcast to actually go through your personal uh, history. So before we do that, please, could you, could you please introduce yourself to our audience? I'd be very happy to introduce uh, myself. Thank you for inviting me to speak with you. Uh, I'm a Luxembourg uh, national, uh, but I was born in Japan. So I grew up uh, in Japan, had uh, uh, the, the luxury of living in this uh, beautiful land of the rising sun for, for a number of years. I graduated also from uh, from high school there. Uh, I went to university uh, for uh, my undergraduate and uh, first postgraduate degrees uh, in the UK at the London School of Economics and the School of Oriental and African Studies. I did a second master's. Uh, at the College of Europe in Bruges in European uh, politics, uh, European affairs. I uh, started working really as a diplomat on the diplomatic service. I served in several postings across the world, uh, taking me to uh, the United Nations, uh, to uh, Brussels, uh, European Union, uh, representation uh, of Luxembourg each time to the UN and to the EU. Uh, I also served at our embassy uh, of Luxembourg in uh, Tokyo. I was a diplomatic advisor to, uh, to, to prime ministers, uh, Prime Minister Jean-Claude Juncker, uh, as well as uh, the prime minister of today, uh, Xavier Bettel. I was uh, asked by His Royal Highness, uh, the Grand Duke, to become the head of the royal household. In French, it's called Maréchal de la Cour, a position uh, that I occupied for one and a half years before being asked to join the government. So that's... Uh, in about a minute, a run uh, through my uh, curriculum. <laughs> I hope that's uh, what uh, what you expected me to cover. Essentially, your studies focuses, uh, focus a lot on public relations or international relations, as far as I understand it. In essence, what motivated you to, to choose that career? Because it's a very specific choice. It's a, I mean, it's a very prestigious choice. But what was, what was the, the, the spark that made you go for this, this type of career before you became minister that you're now? Well, I grew up uh, in a very international environment. I went to international schools. I was exposed to many different uh, nationalities, many different uh, cultures. And like I said in the beginning, uh, living in Japan, I was constantly asked the question, but where are you from? 
Uh, so from uh, from very young age, I was always talking about my country. I was always talking about the Grand Duchy uh, of Luxembourg, explaining what it was like. Um, and uh, there was always a, l a lot of interest uh, because it's a small country. It's unique, uh, only Grand Duchy in the world. Um, so uh, growing up, I always spoke about uh, uh, my country in a way, uh, representing it already as a sort of uh, mini ambassador from a very uh, young age. I always enjoyed politics. I enjoyed history, which then led me to study what I studied. And in a way, I think that was then a natural continuation uh, to be interested in a diplomatic uh, career. You just said you, you studied history. So from, from your studies or from your understanding of history, what is the key lesson that you're applying today? Very, very interesting. Very good. Very good question. I think sometimes says that history uh, repeats itself. So we need to learn from history. We see that uh, during, uh, during history, there have always been crises. And uh, I think uh, the reactions to crisis, and we see that also today and from the past crises, uh, is always uh, very nationalist reflexes. And I think what, uh, what I would learn from history is that really try to avoid this temptation uh, to revert to uh, nationalist reflexes and trying to solve the problems. Because in today's world, I think a very few uh, if any problems can be solved nationally. Luxembourg is a member of the European Union. Uh, within the European Union, uh, we need to organize ourselves to address uh, a lot of the challenges that we are facing in our different EU uh, countries. But we see, I think, uh, I often say that we are right now living in a moment of perma crisis. Um, we have fallen sort of from one crisis into the other, but we've always been in a state of a crisis in a way. We've had uh, terrorist attacks, we've had refugee crisis, we have an ongoing climate crisis, uh, we had uh, the pandemic, which was uh, also also a crisis. And uh, today we are again in a worse situation in Europe. But uh, what all these crises I think have in common is that the solutions are, are never national, even though the reflexes in the beginning are. And then after some time we see, well, now the solutions, they do lie uh, in, on a broader scale, whether it's the European Union or or beyond that uh, at the United Nations level, where we need to address uh, the different problems that uh, that we are facing and uh, to try to come out of these crises. So if you want, that's a little bit my my conclusion uh, from analyzing history in a very broad way. No, it's a, it's a very valid lesson indeed. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's actually oftentimes we humans tend to forget about history and lessons, valuable lessons are, are forgotten because of our short-term short-term thinking or short-term, you know, memory uh, pattern. But actually, what, moving back now to your, or moving forward, actually, to your current role. So you, I believe it's your first anniversary now as the um, uh, Minister of Finance in, uh, in Luxembourg. That's right. I was sworn in on the, on the 5th of uh, January. Uh, so it's exactly one year ago. Yes. And yet time flies. So um, Time flies. I was going to add when having fun, but... <laughs> Well, as you were saying, it's uh, we live in a, in a period of perma crisis, so um, you don't have much time to to think and, and enjoy other things. So, um, but but actually, oh, we're no, spending to... a lot of time thinking. <laughs> but you're right; we are doing crisis management, so we are thinking a lot about how to how to get out, uh, uh, help citizens, companies, really help all of our countries get out of of the crisis that was uh, that uh, we are in. So you're right; we are we have been doing a crisis uh, crisis management and this year has uh, passed extremely quickly. So, so when you took over, I think that was just a month before, just about a month before the um, Ukraine crisis started and uh, 
Um, but for you, when you so on day one, when you took took over the role and compared to, to where you are today, so what kind of challenges? I mean, I know you talked about the, the global challenge that you just mentioned, but if you were to to more domestically focus your 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 attention now, what were the the key challenges that that you had to go through when when becoming minister of finance? But like you said, so when I took over this function, we were coming out of the pandemic with uh, with still leftovers from that crisis because trying to get through that crisis also cost uh, the government uh, quite a lot of investment to deal with that crisis. We were coming out of it on the 24th of February, uh, Russia attacked Ukraine. Coming out of the pandemic, uh, though, we were already seeing, um, because of supply chain problems, we were seeing uh, prices increase. Of course, with the start of the war, we really saw inflation uh, galloping. Uh, we have uh, seen, uh, because of the uh, dependency many countries had on uh, Russian energy, uh, energy prices really explode in the European Union with the consequences uh, that has had also on, uh, on inflation. So uh, this is a situation we are uh, trying to uh, manage because life is getting very expensive. Uh, many households uh, are having problems uh, uh, making ends meet, uh, paying uh, their energy bills. So uh, we have been really very, very busy uh, trying to find uh, solutions to address these problems and to help uh, really the most vulnerable in our, soci in our society get, uh, get through uh, this crisis. Um, we... Uh, put uh, a lot of things in place to support them financially. For example, with the with the uh, energy uh, tax uh, tax credit. On the other hand, we have automatic indexation of wages uh, in Luxembourg, one of the very few countries uh, that has this. Um, this has uh, resulted in over the many years in peace, uh, social peace in our country and also stability uh, in our country. I think, of course, in times of inflation, such automatic uh, indexation of wages uh, also has uh, quite important repercussions for companies who don't plan in their budgets these, uh, these wage increases. And when you have uh, multiple uh, of such uh, indexations, this can be a problem for companies. So uh, in uh, the context of uh, tripartite uh, negotiations, which we have had uh, two uh, this year, uh, which is the Luxembourg system of uh, managing uh, crisis situations where the government sits together with social partners, uh, employers uh, and, uh, and unions to uh, identify the problems and to find solutions to the problems uh, that we are facing. So within that context, we also uh, decided on measures to help uh, companies uh, through uh, these very challenging and really uncertain times and trying to provide them also with as much predictability um, as possible. We need to stay also competitive. Uh, our companies need to stay competitive, again, in a very um, volatile and uh, uncertain uh, moment uh, of time. So I think this is where a lot of efforts has, have gone into trying to uh, really bring uh, our people and our companies uh, through uh, this crisis uh, situation. If you don't mind, I'd like to move back a little bit more to um, to the personal aspects of, of what you've been doing and, uh, and uh, you know, all the achievements that you've gone so far. So um, one thing that I've, I've noticed, you've um, You've actually you hold, you hold quite a few records in terms of you know Luxembourg representation or, or being the first woman in a number of capacities, such as uh, representation at the European Commission, as you mentioned earlier, the uh, being appointed uh, uh, Marshal of the Court with uh, the Grand Duke, um, and then now uh, Minister of Finance. It's just quite quite a, quite a, a big pedigree of of, uh, 
positions that you've you've collected so far. But but from your point of view, that's what I'm interested in. From your point of view, what's what's been knowing that you've been you've been having all those first time titles put it that way. What's what's been your your experience? Yes, indeed, you're you're right. Uh, these uh, positions that I have uh, occupied, uh, I was uh, the first woman in in these positions uh, as a representative of the European Commission in Luxembourg. Indeed, as a first marshal of the court, uh, being a woman, and now as the first uh, first uh, finance minister. I feel very much at ease. Uh, I think also growing up and in in these various jobs that I have had before, it's always been rather male dominated. It's never really bothered me. Uh, still, I think in all the positions that I did occupy, I've always uh, tried to also promote uh, gender equality and gender balance. For me, diversity uh, is extremely important um, and uh, gender equality is one aspect of that. So this is something uh, also in the financial sector I am trying to uh, promote as much as possible because I think uh, really in society in general, companies in, in particular, um, Decision-making uh, is always better when uh, those who take the decisions can act uh, as a group and uh, that is well-balanced and uh, diversified. So this is very important for me. Um, I think the news each time when I did, uh, uh, when I became minister, for example, the title was often, you know, first female finance minister or first female marshal uh, of the court. I hope uh, really that uh, one day uh, the headline will not have to include the fact um, that somebody occupying uh, such a position is female because this will have become something that's completely normal and uh, the sex or gender of the person occupying the position is uh, is not uh, not the most uh, important uh, thing. So uh, I have uh, um, not as a woman, if, if that's what what you're asking, had uh, had any problems in, in these positions. Uh, uh, on the contrary, I think uh, uh, the fact that I am a woman is, is also contributing to making it, uh, uh, you know, important that important positions in uh, in our society are are occupied also by women not also by men we have a long way to go uh, also in the financial sector in other sectors as well um, but we're getting there uh, we are seeing for example uh, also in the European Union today there are eight or nine uh, female finance ministers um, before this was uh, really a very very male dominated uh, sector on the world uh, world level also, of course, there's uh, lots of room for improvement because as finance minister, of course, it's an important job. And um, I think uh, sometimes women can also have a different uh, perspective on things. So it's important in more general terms that uh, we have gender balance uh, as much as possible everywhere, also in the finance sector. Um, and that's uh, what I uh, am also promoting. It was a very neutral question, uh, nothing, uh, no bias at all, uh, or, or some sort. I, uh, I, I think it's, uh, it's in, indeed, especially finance is a very male-dominated uh, sector, and it could very much use uh, the presence of more or a better balanced split between male and, and female uh, presence. This year is a very important year for, for you and the government, and I suppose for the whole country, because uh, it's, I believe it's election year, so general elections are, will be happening uh, soon enough. Um, so I, I'm sort of wondering, of course, uh, everyone will be seeking a re-election, but how would you consider your mandate? Because it, it would have been a bit less than a year and a half once uh, once the elections take place uh, in, in your capacity. But what would you consider as a successful mandate as a Minister of Finance before before you go to the um, the elections? 
So for me, uh, I uh, it will be the first time that I will be participating in elections. So, so um, for me, until uh, then, uh, it is uh, still nine nine months to go. Uh, I will be focusing on my job. I think as finance minister, uh, especially as finance minister, even though of course it's for all ministers, but I would say especially for finance minister, one has to have a long-term vision. We need sustainable public finances. Um, But like we discussed before, we are also in a crisis uh, situation still. So to answer to your question, what would be uh, a successful uh, mandate for me is really focusing on the job. That's what I'm going to do, Uh, not with a view to uh, how can I uh, be uh, the most popular uh, once elections come around uh, in October, but what will have been the right thing to do for uh, my country. Like I said, with a long-term perspective, because there's lots of wonderful things that you can do and that you can uh, promise to an electorate that you know from the beginning is either unrealistic or uh, simply not financeable. Um, I want, uh, and that's how I consider uh, that I work, that's how I do my job, is uh, to be honest, um, to be responsible. Uh, And uh, right now, uh, as long until the last day uh, that I am in uh, this job, do uh, what has to be done uh, in the interest uh, of the citizens, uh, people living and working in Luxembourg, uh, for the companies uh, staying competitive, companies based in Luxembourg, uh, to do that uh, as successfully as possible. Again, we're a bit, unfortunately, in a crisis management management mode. but I think it's in that context that uh, we have to see uh, also the next uh, the next few months. I will uh, take the decisions and propose what has to be proposed to the government, um, what's in the interest of the country, but not only in the short term, always thinking uh, medium, long term. You just mentioned something which has been, which has drawn uh, my, my attention. Being a politician is, um, you just mentioned that, you know, it's about promising sensible things to, uh, to the electorate. If you had to name one one thing the next government could promise and, and, and deliver, what would it be? I think, of course, there I'm speaking from the perspective of a finance minister. Um, I think uh, a tax reform is something that we really need to work on. It uh, was meant to happen under uh, this legislature that uh, I, I joined uh, exactly a year ago. Uh, last year, uh, the government uh, had decided and it was announced by uh, the prime minister that given the circumstances, such a tax reform was not going to be possible under uh, this legislature. I think it's necessary to do that um, because the tax system that we have is partly outdated. It needs to be uh, come up to speed really with the society that we are living in uh, today. The system is uh, needs to be adapted to, uh, to our today's uh, society. So uh, I think that's something that needs to happen. Um, this is not something that's very easy to do. It will take a lot of discussions. It, uh, uh, such a reform, uh, it's not something where everybody is going to win or pay less taxes. Um, that's, that's simply not possible. So you need a consensus also in society that this is something that we need to do, that we want to do and will then do. But it does take a broad consensus. It takes uh, time to do that. But I think for me, I uh, hope that I would have the chance uh, to work on that because I think for a country, it's uh, it's indispensable. 
So one, so one change that you would add to your um, to your govern program in this case. But this is, if you allow me, there's another there's another question that is there's our most popular question actually that we have. So you just meant, talked about a change that is uh, from a political that that makes sense from a political point of view. But if you uh, in in your personal capacity had a, an opportunity to change anything in Luxembourg, what would you change? What would I change in uh, Luxembourg? You know. I love my country and we have uh, this uh, saying, uh, we want to remain who we are. So we have uh, lots of uh, society, uh, a multilingual society, a very open society, a very, very diverse society. I think um, this is something that I am very, uh, very proud of. If you ask me to change one thing about Luxembourg, even though it's uh, perhaps not so realistic, um, it would be the weather, but that I cannot put into the uh, election program. <laughs> Normally, people talk about you know um, change, you know making sure that the uh, the housing market becomes more affordable, but that's uh, <laughs> that's another question. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about this now. We could talk about it uh, because that is something that is uh, that is of course on the mind of many uh, many uh, Luxembourgish uh, people. Even though about seventy percent of uh, uh, of people in Luxembourg do own uh, their own houses, uh, but of course uh, uh, the housing situation is a problem. I'm not housing minister. Um, so uh, I don't want to uh, get into the detail of that, but uh, this is not a new problem. It has become uh, more complicated, but it's not a new problem. And uh, this government has put legislation to address this problem from different angles, because what we really need to do is uh, to make sure that uh, uh, the offer on the market uh, is increased because the demand is extremely high. And this is also part of a discussion that uh, we have. We want to we want to have a competitive uh, economy. We want to attract talent. Uh, companies uh, are all looking for, for talent. Uh, we're talking a lot about talent uh, attraction and talent uh, retention. And of course, uh, the, uh, the situation uh, on the housing market is, is a part of that. People coming to Luxembourg and seeing that the housing prices are really high. We need to find the, the solutions to that. Uh, and uh, they are really multiple uh, solutions to that, not only uh, from a tax uh, point of view, but uh, uh, for example, one needs to, if we want to have people uh, come and work and stay in Luxembourg, uh, coming also from uh, from abroad, we need to have international schools, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So this is something also um, that the government has really worked uh, very much on, and where I think we can uh, we can be uh, very proud of the results. But yes, the housing uh, situation is a challenge. Uh, we are addressing it again in in slightly complicated circumstances because also inflation uh, is is having an impact uh, in that sector, uh, of course, as well with uh, with uh, increased interest rates, uh, etc. So it's very complicated, but we're trying to address it. Times are changing indeed. But Minister, if you, if you allow me, there's one more question I wanted to ask you before we wrap up this uh, this conversation. As an experienced uh, diplomat and, and politician now, so for younger people who would consider a similar rule as yours, what kind of advice would you give them? For a career in, in uh, the diplomatic service or more, more generally in politics? I said diplomacy. Uh, let's say diplomacy. I generally give the advice to young people and they, uh, I, I have two teenage kids and, uh, and their friends uh, often ask me, what should I study? Uh, what uh, what uh, if I want to have a diplomatic uh, career, um, I'm asked this question quite uh, quite regularly. My answer is always always to say uh, you should be studying what 
you are really enthusiastic about, what you're really interested in. Don't study something that you think would lead you into a certain career. Study what you are really passionate about. And I think that's the first step in any direction uh, of the career that you'll be headed afterwards. Um, because uh, when you're passionate about something, you will be good at what you're doing. Um, so you should be interested in those studies. And I think they will naturally lead you down the road of the uh, career path uh, that uh, uh, that you will then uh, follow. Uh, as, as a diplomat, of course, you can study economics, you can study politics, you can study history, you can study uh, geography, I would even say, you know, uh, a degree in psychology uh, would also not be bad. Um, so all a mix of that or any any of those uh, um, will be things that uh, you can study if you're interested in a career uh, in diplomacy. I uh, I found this uh, career to be very very exciting, and uh, I never uh, regretted uh, having embarked uh, on that uh, career path. On that happy note, uh, Minister Bakas, I'd like to thank you for your time, and uh, and of course uh, we look forward to having you back uh, hopefully in the in the new government that. Uh, that will be forming uh, later this year. Thank you very much for your time. I thank you. I thank you for your very uh, interesting uh, questions. And uh, I hope uh, to see you again in London uh, or in Luxembourg. And thank you. Thank you for listening to Luxembourg's leading business podcast. If you're listening to our show on Apple Podcasts, please rate our program using the five-star scale and leave us a review. Or if you're tuning into Spotify, it takes just a few seconds to give us a rating on the overview page of our show. You can also email us with your feedback or suggestions at info at luxunplugged.com. Mm-hmm.